Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. There were wins for Man City and Villa and Zlatan still tearing it up. It's Tuesday, 22nd of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. Well, 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 if it isn't Andy and Jim. Mm. <laughs> Good to see you, chappies. Yeah, how you doing? Likewise. You're clinical from Andy. Come on, come on, we've got lots to chat about. We've got <laughs> ready. It's, the Premier League is coming thick and fast. We've got a touch of Serie A as well, as I alluded to at the start of the show. My goodness, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for an absolute treat. And of course, this, uh, what would you call it, game week of, of Premier League fixtures, we were in for, we, we had a big old treat, didn't we? The, the record for the most goals scored in a single Premier League uh, a game week was, was broken. I find the, the term game week so weird. It's a bit it's, very American, isn't it? Yeah, it's, but it, it seems to be part of like official parlance. But like, are you looking forward to to the next game week? It's, it's not a thing it, anyone round ever of says, fixtures, is it? Really. Yeah, round like, of fixtures. Like the, the Champions League match days. It's like, oh, shut up! No one calls it that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I do call it match day. So you're, I'm you're really different. Though, aren't I'm you? really you're like, yeah, you're a traitor. You're yeah. a legitimate. That's, that's the word, <laughs> traitor. Well done, Jim, we but, smoked him out. But the thing is, I think game week works a little better because they're not all on the same day, so match day doesn't really make Round of fixtures. Sense. Round of fixtures. That's not just very it, economical. God, just call it the football. Why do you Why do you hate the flag? You know what? <laughs> I, bet, I bet you don't call an album an album. You just call it some songs. Just get on with it. It's yeah. just some Why songs. Why do I become northern in this analogy? Yeah. <laughs> Jim that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> Jim with his bag of songs. Yeah. Um, Manchester City. They got themselves a win against Wolves. Good win as well. Always a tricky place to go, etc., etc., Andy. Yes. Um, but they were playing in their, their third kit, their fancy new Paisley kit. That got a little bit of uh, titillation I on Twitter. Someone pointed out that it's got quite a strong WhatsApp background vibe. Yeah. It does, it does. I would agree with that. Yes. They, yes. Like, they like an experimental third kit, don't they? They've mm. had the sort of Hacienda New Order referencing kit last season. Mm. Now they've got the Paisley thing. It's almost like... Is that what uh, that was? The yellow and orangey sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, and with the, with the um, like black and yellow stripes. It was oh. sort, of, so that's, sort of the, the, the kind of artwork of a lot of stuff from around that time. Oh, that's so that's different from the one where they were they had that shirt that was all the away kits from the past at the same time yes. put together, which is kind of like wearing your entire wardrobe for yeah. one night out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I quite like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost like All Saints designed it, isn't it? It's like they're just sort of turning it over, to turning the mm. third kit over to like a sort of guest designer. I quite like it. I quite thought you like meant it. the band for a minute then. No. <laughs> Considering no. what happened with her and uh, Mr. Gallagher, you know, I thought that was quite oh, yeah. poor taste, to be honest with you, Jim. Well, <laughs> that's not what I meant. And okay. I, apo- I apologise to anyone that was offended, <laughs> including you, mate. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but it was a good win for, for Manchester City nonetheless, despite uh, their sartorial choices. Yeah. Um, interesting to see Nathan Ake and John Stone starting. Yeah, Ake just seemed back. to slot right in, didn't he? He's got that presence about him, doesn't he? He does. And also, I think City started so strongly that in that first half in particular, mm-hmm. there wasn't a huge amount for him to do that was that dramatic. You know, mm-hmm. I think they'll, surprisingly, I think even though Wolves came back into the game very well, he'll have a sterner test than that, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a huge part of that, Jim, the fact that Ake playing just means that Fernandinho can play in midfield. Mm. Uh, I mean, just because Fernandinho can play at the back, does it always mean that he should? I know he's at a slightly more advanced point of his career, but it just reminds me of, if you go back to what, 2006, 2007, where Chelsea missed out on the Premier League title by Whisker, the, the 
the bit that lost them the title was the bit where SEN was mm. playing centre back yeah, to substitute yeah. John Terry when he was injured. Mm-hmm. Not because SEN wasn't capable as a centre back, but they missed him so much in midfield. Mm. Now, Fernandinho's a little bit further down the line. You know, he's even been linked with a, a, a move away at various points this week, but he's still super important to City and him and Rodri together yeah. just helped them just grab the game by the throat really, didn't it? I, I, I sit on that sort of token, having Mascherano going back in defence, I know it's a bit different because as you say, mm. he could do it and it was mm. with a different side. So, but I always liked him in that defensive midfield role. Yeah, yeah. He was so oh, good at totally. it. Barcelona He's such did a good... that with Alex Song, didn't they? They seemed to love it. Like the idea of defending is a bit beneath them. Mm. We'll have a we'll, 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 we'll name defenders, but they are really midfielders. You know, you know, we who's... are pure artisans here. <laughs> this is not just football. You know whose fault that is, Dmitry Chagrinsky. Mm. Because when I knew you were going to blame him, well, well, he gets the blame for everything really <laughs> these days, doesn't he? Right. But but when he got bought by by Barcelona, very for a very lot of money, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's like twenty five mil. Uh, and this was like what 11 years ago mm. I think uh, 11, 12 years ago and so when they brought him in and Guardiola realised quite quickly he's a great defender he doesn't fit us football wise and that point mm. he thought yeah maybe I'm, g- I'm going to stick an extra midfielder but I basically want a team of midfielders anyway mm-hmm. so I'll just so we can circulate the ball which is our way of defending we'll just have midfielders in defence and Puyol can do all the other stuff because he's an incredible athlete. Well, they mm. also, in the in the Champions League final in 2009, on this sort of note, Jim, you remember? We, yeah, yeah. We were there. But Yaya Toure was centre-half. Yeah, half. yeah. Mm. It was remarkable. That, the final against Manchester United. Yeah. Absolutely outrageous. Didn't make one bleeding bit of difference. No, it didn't. Yeah. It's like having Messi at left-back. Indeed. And Jesus Navas these days, full-back. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. A little roundup of uh, defensive fielders who've gone into centre half. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Manchester City, uh, I mean, Ake has played defensive midfield once or twice in his time, but we think he'll be a centre half for, yeah. for Manchester City. Is John Stones' uh, Man City career still intact, Jim? Well, I mean, you, you would suggest so on that, one. Absolutely, you? you'd think so, wouldn't you? Which is which is good because uh, Guardiola said a few seasons ago, didn't he? He loves John Stones as a player. He loves him as a guy. He loves yeah, all his mistakes. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, he's, yeah. You know, he is a he is a guy who's very, very good at improving players. So maybe he's not quite given up on stones or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just about, you know, freshness in terms of, you know, City have obviously, you know, they're only just starting their season. So maybe he's sort of almost rotating mm-hmm. early. Um, but he needs to get a tune out of stones because, we, we, you know, defensively, Andy, last season, that was one of the big areas that people were critical of them. I, th- I think a lot yes. of it, though, is how, for how long they miss Laporte, right? Mm-hmm. If, if he's in that defence the whole season, it's a very, very different story. It is, but you can't rely on just one man if you're, you're going to go deep in all the competitions and so on and so forth. Well, it's all about partnerships, isn't it? And Stones has never really had that consistent partner mm-hmm. next to him at Manchester City in a consistent experienced partner that's why you looked at the team sheet yesterday and I didn't immediately think Stones and Ake that's going to work mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that at all also I think we should point out the fact that Manchester City deserved to win this game mm-hmm. they should have put it away in the first half um, when they were excellent Wolves were pretty average I yeah. thought yeah. a bit awed but, by the situation almost maybe but I think when you get to the second half just because the result ended up as it did City had a couple of scrapes there, there were a couple of chances there was one particular chance where, that Raul Jimenez you would expect him to put mm-hmm. away and the goal that he scored was much easier than that chance that he missed when he got the cross from the right and, and sort of cuffed it wide of the far post mm-hmm. so you know he, he takes one of those chances it could be very different I am discussion. a big fan of Daniel Poe's um, Nutmegging Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. Nutmegging Kevin De Bruyne to Very win an assist. Very that, is, that is pretty special. Yeah, to that, get a trophy for that in, in this day and age. It is, it is one of those 
things where you think if, if I did that in five-a-side football and admittedly I have far lower standards than Daniel Pedence when it comes yeah. to playing football you, you want to put your foot on the ball and receive proper respect for it rather than <laughs> carrying on for the for the rest of the move um, we saw a little bit of Ferran Torres Andy yeah who I think has been he was excellent in those two games for Spain mm-hmm. I think he's going to contribute for City I, I, I really do but I think you look at the bench that they went into last um, night's game with and you think there is an opportunity for him at the moment because as things stand and obviously that could change relatively quickly they're not deep mm. so if if you are someone like Ferran Torres I, th- I think you've got a chance to make an early impression mm. um, Kevin De Bruyne did his thing again Jim as he, as, as he does uh, I think it was Jamie Carragher who was saying you know he's just like just off kind of Messi and Ronaldo and Guardiola was full of praise yeah. when Ronaldo well is Ronaldo ever going to retire actually I don't we'll think come on so to he's not Zlatan Ibrahimovic in a what I was going to say though hypothetically if Ronaldo does ever retire and Messi does as well De Bruyne he's obviously a lot younger than them he could be the guy who kind of I know it's a bit of a slightly futile to say could dominate the Ballon d'Or but you know what I mean he could be seen as like the best player in the world oh completely I mean Mbappe would be the other one obviously yeah. he's got a lot of time on his side to do that that's what you would think that's that's almost nailed on but yeah absolutely he's, he's completely in that bracket isn't he I mean mm. I think it's his position is such that he, he's naturally not going to score as many goals as, as, as those two and I think their numbers Kind of but his numbers isn't that the issue though that the best player in the world anymore it's not really about being the best player in the world it's having the best numbers yeah, in the world well, quite. Quite, and yeah. Messi and Ronaldo have completely mm-hmm. changed Skewed that it. I always think though with Messi and I've said this before discussing him just by the numbers it feels quite vulgar to me yeah. you know it doesn't really explain his, his game does it if you're ex- explaining Leo Messi to a space alien <laughs> would you start with the numbers I wouldn't. Yeah, I start with the the, the magic. I start it? with the transfer saga. That's what I do. <laughs> he's there. He's not sort of there. Um, that would get the finger glowing. Oh, it? it certainly would. Uh, and Et would bugger off home if he heard all that crap. Um, Andy Fabio Silva uh, made his debut. You were teaching us just before we came in how to pronounce Portuguese names, and you sort of tail off at the end. That's the trick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there, there is. Go on, give us a blast. Well, Fabio Silva. Silva. Fabio Silva. It's like it's just someone sort of switches you off when there's, you're nearly there's, there. There's no flourish. It's the opposite of Spanish in that sense. Yeah, ex- exactly. Imagine imagine you're halfway through saying it mm-hmm. and you drop some soup down your chin. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably the best way to explain it. Very different to Brazilian Portuguese. Ex- exactly. Imagine at the end of the at the end of the word you're standing on the table and announcing it. <laughs> To the town, <laughs> exactly. That's the difference. Yes. Oh my goodness! But yeah, what what did you think of uh, uh, of uh, Fabio Silva making his league debut? Sorry, we should clarify. He's he's a super bright footballer, mm-hmm. and I I think he'll he'll do well. But like everyone else, I mean, I've I've seen I think as much of him as 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 anyone. Mm-hmm. But a first team level, we don't know that much. Yeah. It's it's a development project. I, I can't say that he is worth. 40 million euros or he isn't worth 40 million euros at the yeah. moment because we don't know. He wouldn't have been a starter for for Porto because Sergio Conceição, much like Hansi Flick, likes the muscly man. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, after he, he would have got Fabio in the weights room. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's that's any why you doubt get on about so, that. That's why he likes you, Andy, so much. That's why you get I, on so well. I think so. I think uh-huh. that's why we connect. But um, I, I think it will be interesting to see him get a little go. As As we said before, not just Manchester City, but not just all Premier League clubs, but all clubs over Europe, because they've not had this proper pre-season, mm-hmm. you do think there'll be like chances for unexpected players, really. Yeah. I think Porto in particular, and a few 
kind of Portuguese clubs aside from Porto they're in a sort of kind of unique position in the transfer market aren't they because they are you look at they've been used as a stepping stone for players someone like Falcao for example who's gone on to go to Atletico and then you know become a huge huge name so you look at players in the Portuguese league and go hang on we could get a gem there if we get them now Mm. we get them on the cheap and Portuguese clubs know that so they go (laughs) we'll drive up the price (laughs) well we'll have to pay over the odds for a bargain but we will yeah I'll tell you what, it'll be cheaper if we go through George Mendish. <laughs> that's, that's probably the way to deal with it, isn't it? They, they're very intelligent when it comes to all this kind of stuff, you know, with, with the Portuguese clubs. Be, trying to deal with them would be like trying to hash out a deal with Willy Wonka or something. You'd be like, <laughs> hang on, what is it? I, uh, I do want the deal. I kind of, and now I'm covered in chocolate. I don't understand what's happening. Um, it'd be very true. But you know that, like, you're kind of happy with what you've got. Why is he smiling and laughing and sort of skipping yeah. off down the road? Hang on, what, what's happened there? But there is, there is a potential bargain from Porto this week because of course it looks like Manchester United are, are, are going to try and get um, Alex Telles over the line well I tell you what Manchester United Porto can see them coming a mile away really what are they going to get for that yeah. for him He's only, Luke Shaw their current <laughs> left back saying oh we need players like, come right in come right in he can sit around Ed, the table yeah. and Ed why don't you bring him along That'll squeeze out another five million yeah absolutely Porto up against Ed Woodward in yeah. a flipping transfer Ed negotiation. Ed Woodward is buying them dinner <laughs> and then giving them whatever they want for Alex Teller. <laughs> Just absolutely. Do you remember when they signed... Um... Have my Nando's black card. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, make them anymore. When they signed Herrera from... Uh... They not. No, I, they I, not? I think they're gone. I think they're... No, yeah. that's what they told you, Jim. You're not been, quite yeah. there yet. I told you, you went in too early. <laughs> you can't have a blue tick on Twitter and you can't have a Nando's black card. You can have it all, ladies and gentlemen, if you do it at the right time. I, I reckon... Man, even Manchester United are going to get Alex Tellers for a reasonable price because he's he's got less than a year left on his contract and they're having a bit of uh, let's sell him now panic mm. you watch him take him to the cleaners this week I look forward to that <laughs> I do as well I enjoy the confidence in your in your face there Marcus no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lovely old job uh, but yeah good win for, for Manchester City Wolves be a bit disappointed but you know it is Man City it's the sort of early days in the season etc uh, etc et um, Aston Villa beat Sheffield United good win for them mm. um, I mean, did anyone else see this fixture like pop up on the fixture calendar and think oh it could no. ruin that it could ruin yeah. that goal scoring record that we're going for Villa Sheffield United not again yeah. <laughs> it's just just after everything that happened last time yeah. I mean we don't often say this about a particular part of the ground but Sheffield United and Chris Wilder must hate the whole team yeah, yeah. oh god yeah don't you think mm. yeah, well they must do I mean, what did you think of the red card from from for for, for Big John Egan? I mean, <laughs> it seemed soft when I first saw it, yeah. but I think it's because Ollie Watkins doesn't go down. Yes. I've almost don't know how to process it. I know what, you, what you mean. mean. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't mean it's not a foul because he's clearly impeding him. It's yeah. like a it's like a thirty yarder where the goalkeeper doesn't dive. Yeah, where yeah. the goalkeeper thinks oh, I'm I'm not going to get it. But it's it's like your duty to do the cosmetic dive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thirty yards that goes game, in to the keeper, spectacle. Keeper doesn't dive, and you think, well, did that take a deflection? That it, that's reduced it somewhat. Yes, it's, it's less spectacular. Did you think it was a red card, Andy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think and we're all agreed. I, I think the more you look at it, the more you realise that the, the officiating team made a good job of it. Do you think Matt Target should have been sent off though when he gave away the penalty? Because Chris Wilder certainly thought so. Yeah, it, um, I did, I think that that's changed, doesn't it? You don't get the double. Yeah, no, but it's, it's if you're making an effort to get the ball. I think he was, wasn't he? Uh, it was really I, I, clumsy, I, 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 but I think, I think, I think it's... probably so. I think, I think probably so. You can see why one was given red and one wasn't. 
Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can, but I do understand Chris Wilder's point as well. Sure, I mean, but the thing is, though, at the rules at the moment, it's all a bit up in the air with certain things, so you can understand the confusion and therefore the anger. And also, he is managing a team that lost 1-0, Andy. Mm. Yes. You know, that's, where the, that's the real source of the I, anger. I, I mean, I do wonder if with their previous experience, as I was saying, with the recent experience with the whole end, there's an argument for rather than John Lundstrom to say... Can Aaron Ramsdale take the penalty because he can kick it harder than anyone in the team <laughs> and it will definitely be counted as in. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely for uh, for Martinez on his debut, yeah. Jim. What a save It was well. a good one, wasn't it? It was because a lot of the time if a goalkeeper saves a penalty it's because there is some something deficient about the penalty itself, isn't mm-hmm. it? But Lindstrom hit it hard, low and, in, and at the corner mm-hmm. and Martinez just got a really strong hand to it and that is it's, it's an exceptional save and I, I'm, I'm, I was happy to see it. Because gonna... obviously everyone wishes Martinez well. well Although gonna... Bert Leno was trending on on Twitter because a lot of Arsenal fans were saying that we should never have sold Martinez because being Arsenal, an Arsenal fan on the internet is, a, is just is a weird thing, it would seem. Do you think, how, how, do, how do you view it, mad. Jim? I don't think I've really asked you about it. Like The, the fact that I, I, I like Martinez a lot, but... 20 million for a reserve goalkeeper? It sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Arsenal have got to raise funds to improve the team in areas that need it, need it to be improved more. Mm. And it, in an ideal world, you'd keep Martinez and you'd have perhaps have that competition for places, even though that's not always a good thing. No. Um, and that would be a headache at some point. But to get, you know, to replace him with Runa Alex Runison, who's just come in for like 1.5 million or whatever it is, and then have that 20 million for him, they can they can put that towards, you know, our or Thomas Party or whoever the targets are. And it's just, it's an un... un Arsenal need money more than they need um, Martinez. Mm-hmm. The, the Runison one is, is, is quite interesting, I think, because um, he got the go-ahead to leave Dijon because um, Peggy Louis Dula, who used to play for Lyon, mm-hmm. a very successful striker for them, who's now the sporting director there, said... He's 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 a first he's a first choice goalkeeper. We can't keep him. Yeah, and so they're trying to find a place where he'd be a first choice goalkeeper. And all of a sudden, Arsenal come along, and he's like, "Well, I know I said I wanted to be a first yeah. choice goalkeeper, <laughs> but I do you get to play for a big club in the Premier League? Exactly. Go on yeah. in. What do you think of uh, Aston Villa? Dean Smith uh, was was obviously very pleased with the win, and, and so they've strengthened in terms of Ollie Watkins, and obviously they've got the goalkeeper in. He seems to think that they're a lot better this season than they, than mm. they will be last season. You would think on paper, yeah, but I, I think I was, I was a little, that much? I was a bit worried for Villa actually because I suppose. You have to caveat this with saying that if there are, in terms of the teams that you're playing against in the Premier League with 10 men who are setting up for a draw, Sheffield United are right up there in the ones you don't want to play because mm-hmm. they're so organised anyway and they're so good at that. But it was a bit sideways quite often from Villa, wasn't it? They did look mm-hmm. like kind of didn't have a lot of invention or ideas. But I think Ollie Watkins retains the ball very well. There's kind of a bit more to him than just goals. And I think he's going to be a good addition. And it's early days, isn't it? But like, mm-hmm. crucially, they did win this game. You know, they absolutely had to. And it is a difficult test when someone's just trying to not lose. Yeah, and yeah I mean, it's how, a many, tough one. So how I think, many games do Villa get where the pressure is really on them to, to win, where they're expected to win? And maybe that wasn't the case at the start, but it certainly became that case yeah. after Egan was sent off at such an early point in the, in the game. I agree with you, Jim. I think the fact that Villa didn't panic I think has to be has to be a positive really mm-hmm. well a win against uh, Sheffield United is the first step towards European glory Jim as we spoke about the other <laughs> of course, week yeah. so fair play to them a win and a clean sheet you can't uh, argue with that and Tyron Mings has signed an extension to his contract until 2024 so good news all round I think for, for Aston Villa right ladies and gentlemen before we go to a break let's go to Serie A last night Milan beat Bologna 2-0 the man who turns 39 in a matter of weeks Zlatan Ibrahimovic 
Burned a perfect hat-trick, Andy. That's the headline. He scored a header, he scored a right foot from the penalty spot, and then he missed a sitter with the left. He just dominated the game as well, didn't he? Like it's tempting to think that, you know, he's just there for little cameos and he takes the penalties so that was gonna he's kinda kinda it's gonna put some polish on his uh, his record. But he's no, a flipping force of nature. It is. is unbelievable. It is incredible. I mean, I thought a lot of people were quite negative about him going back to, to mm-hmm. Milan. I thought and I, I said on, on the continent at the time that I thought he was actually a really good signing because despite the the caricature Zlatan He's actually a great leader in the dressing room. Yeah. He's very good with the young players. It, it worked very well for... When, as soon as he came in, Rafael Leao started to be mm-hmm. more productive. So that was an important thing for them. And he has done something to raise the standards. I didn't imagine him scoring as many goals as he has uh, done. Uh, yeah, same. That, that, I, I thought it might be a little bit sort of Henri returning to Arsenal, a bit of that. Yeah. You know, the, the odd goal, the, the, the odd goal, the odd little moment and so on, you're thinking to yourself, this is, this, this is just lovely mm. for Arsenal fans to have him back at the club, give everybody a little bit of a lift. As I say, the odd moment here and there. But you know he's not uh, the player he was, and that's fine. Mm. That would be ridiculous to think he was, and a very different player to... Ibrahimovic but he is their main, the main man, man. Yeah, absolutely and he's he's going to be the, the the person they look to all season he's going to be that that focal point of the team and mm. I notice that you like the numbers now Andy. Um that's what the runs with the hounders I'll brush on not he? yeah, it's um it's it's great isn't it? I mean, obviously the thing about Zlatan for a long time was that he just won titles every season didn't he wherever he went and obviously mm-hmm. that is extremely unlikely at, at, at Milan this season but it's it's like he'll settle for a copper Italian it's ridiculous ridiculous kind of athlete it's just like we were talking about this earlier it's like it's a shame that reality doesn't work in a way where you mm. can't pause players at their peak and like you just have Pele forever and you have Maradona <laughs> forever you know yeah. like just there's Latans that seems to be happening to him naturally somehow mm-hmm. yeah I mean I kind of like the various stages of players you know you think you think of Pirlo for example yeah. it's, it's a bit like Elvis you've got the three or four ages of Pirlo, don't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. White suit, white suit. Elvis is Pirlo, obviously New York City FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Are you, mm-hmm. are you, are you saying that Pirlo's going to meet some horrific end, like with a cheeseburger on the toilet? Like, <laughs> well, seems unlikely. Although he's got a vineyard. That's true. Not, but not if Aaron Ramsey's got anything to yeah, do but you're with it. T- I thought that was an interesting thing about Juventus oh, at the yeah. weekend. The fact that yeah. Aaron Ramsey got the start and one of his best ever games for Juventus. If you like, there's a lot presume, presumed about. Pirlo's philosophy mm-hmm. but I think it's quite interesting that he picks a player like Aaron Ramsey for his midfield in the first game and gets a lot out of him yeah. he's going to be full of surprises Yeah. so black leather Elvis when he made the comeback would be Pirlo to Juventus after leaving Milan oh definitely yeah Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just working this out. Excellent, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's, uh, that's grand. All right, let's have a quick break. And after which, we'll have some emails. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. We have got a new email address, I'm sure. Is it still new? We've still been, it's it's new from last season. It's show at footballramble.com. Well, I've okay. still got the cling film around my tattoo of it that I've got on my forearm. So I think <laughs> okay. that means it's still new. Yes. All right. Well, fair enough, Andy. We have an email here from Philip Harrington who says, Hello, all. Love the show. A new format. I can't believe you left out not one but two red cards shown by Mike Dean on yesterday's show. The first straight red of the new season went to Kieran Gibbs. And the first red card to a manager was for Slaven Bilic. Deeney was in his element. 
Parliament on Saturday. He certainly was. Mm. I mean, I think there was so much to talk about from the weekend. Sacrifices were made. Um, and I'm just glad that we get to pick up the pieces, Jim. Well, indeed. But also, I mean, I think it was probably a deliberate choice to leave it out because that will annoy Deeney. And that will mean that <laughs> next time he's refereeing a game, he will be centre stage. He will be really, really make it in an occasion, making it an occasion, mm-hmm. stepping up the drama. So, yeah, I think it was probably tactical. Yeah, I, um, I, I I thought that the pundits were right about Mike Dean. At half, I think it was at half time. I think it was Joe, was it Hargreaves and Joe Coleman? I can't remember now. And they were yeah. just saying, look, it was just so unnecessary. You know, Slavin Bilic is just wanting a quick word. And I think if you look at the transcript, Bilic isn't saying anything. Have you seen the video of it? Yeah. It, it was just, Slavin Bilic is kind of shouting at him. It's only, that's only going one way. I think it's a bit, I think Deeney was so quick and rude to dismiss him. I think if Dean had to turn around and go, look, I can't talk to you, okay, but he didn't. He was just like, yeah, and that wound up Billich. Every more. time you say Deeney, I imagine Troy Deeney as a referee. <laughs> God. I think Deeney which is Deeney, interesting that would have been a frank exchange of views Troy Deeney. Deeney had, Troy Deeney had been the I think Troy Deeney would have been less referee. confrontational than Mike Dean you think I, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested that you read it that way because to me it looked like Billich was, was always going to get sent off there yeah and it was it was funny the way that Peter Walton described it on BT mm-hmm. was like the minute that Billich comes uninvited onto the pitch mm-hmm. Dean can send him off it's not actually about the the, oh, right. the, the, the content but it was interesting in the in the post-match interview mm-hmm. with Billich um, I think it was uh, Matt Smith was saying well of course because the two dressing rooms aren't both in the stand at this point because of COVID um, West Brom are out the back you couldn't go up and speak to him in the tunnel which is mm-hmm. the informal way of doing things and Billich just had a little pause and he goes you should be my lawyer mate <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of that love that uh, West Brom have signed um, Branislav Ivanovic yeah that went under the radar didn't year it? Old Branislav Ivanovic that's brilliant yeah, you'd hope so has yeah, he gone I mean, under the radar because he's generally been in hiding since dropping the Russian cup and shattering it into a million pieces, <laughs> I mean, which was his last act with Zenit. <laughs> We've seen players drop cups before, but to shatter a cup is, is something really break? special, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, See, it's, what, what is it made, what is I mean, it made it's, of? It's, you remember when Sergio, glass, yeah. Sergio Ramos dropped, which trophy was it? It wasn't the Champions League. Copa del Rey. Oh, was it Copa del Rey? That went under the bus. Yeah. It was still there. It was just a dent. Andy, <laughs> that's made of Spanish steel, much stronger than our the, native. The, the whole top part of the Russian Cup got smashed in. It was amusing because Ivanovic dropped it, and he just says, "Oh no!" from like, all the backroom staff, yeah. and you just hear this laugh from all the players. <laughs> but but yeah, you, you had it, it. It was like you you smashed something in the kitchen at home, where I think you had. Malcolm, it was who had the cup mm. and he what was left of the cup and he was picking bits of glass off the pitch and and sort of putting them in like what was that. left of the cup. Someone's got to do it. What they? are you doing with a glass trophy? It's I, ridiculous. I, it is. I I agree. I mean, from the the <laughs> it's back, bloody ridiculous, Jim, isn't it? Yeah, because this is going to happen. Isn't <laughs> it? This is inevitable. Why has it not happened before? Maybe it has. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, anyway, he won't be able to, to shatter any trophies because he probably won't win any. But if they did, it's made of <laughs> stronger stuff. Uh, and that was a quote from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves earlier. Thank you very much for noticing. Um, uh, now, on the subject of Kevin De Bruyne's penalty after he was fouled by uh, Roman Sass, uh, Sam Campbell uh, emailed this. Um, he said, this is something that's been on my mind for a while. And the penalty awarded to Manchester City has inspired me to share it. Well, Sam, that's not always uh, a good idea. Um, basically, <laughs> (laughs) Basically, my idea is that the penalty area needs to be changed. There we go. 
Why do you get a free shot at goal when you are fouled in the corner of the 18-yard box and are even going away from goal? I propose it should be only a penalty if both the player and the ball are going directly towards the goal. What, yeah, what we need is we need more convoluted rules, don't mm. we? Um, more nuance. That's what we need. Exactly. Yeah. Everything else within the 18-yard box is an indirect free kick. Uh, this includes handballs. I mean, I do sort of get his point that, you know, but you have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, and the ball is only ever going away from goal in an attack sense to come back towards it isn't it so yeah. I think you, you should disregard that and I, yeah <laughs> just but disregard this whole yeah. email but, but it is interesting isn't it that people are starting to look at the way we're changing the rules or that the rules are changing we've got nothing to do with it and thinking that this is this is the new normal almost uh, let's add more rules let's yeah. add more nuance so that every little detail is, is covered in some way and I think actually that's that's going the wrong way uh, we, we need we need things to be a bit can more you clearer imagine, I sort of I, I, can you imagine I, I VAR appreciate the Jim? effort I appreciate the VAR effort. trying to figure out which direction the play was going in yeah. you'd have the little arrow oh, it's 180 God. degrees no it's 181 yeah. I'm telling you that, that, that's an area in which Messi could actually weaken your team <laughs> yes yeah. always going away yeah. from goal could I could I make a suggestion mm-hmm. uh, for a rule change? Go on. And uh, some people will accuse me of bias here. Here we go. But I think if you've won the Community Shield mm-hmm. at some point in in the season, people say, "Oh, it doesn't mean anything." Well, to make it mean something, mm-hmm. if you've conceded a goal, it's like, that's a bit annoying. Yeah. Oh, ha, 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 ha. We shall employ the Community Shield, and then the the Community Shield removes that goal that you've just conceded. <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's move on from that. Appreciate your tone, sir. Um, right, gentlemen, um, something a bit more serious. Late Orient uh, are, are struggling with uh, COVID-19. Um, they're playing Spurs uh, tonight in theory. At the yeah. moment, it hasn't been cancelled. Some people were suggesting that it that it could be. Um, the club have confirmed a number of uh, uh, first-team players have tested positive. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, obviously, the, the wider situation is, is is quite concerning, to say the very least. Um, so uh, if, if, they, if they did have to cancel, then apparently Spurs would go through automatically. Yeah, I mean, if there's anyone that could do with a night off, given the fixture congestion yeah. they've got, then, yeah. then it's Spurs. But obviously, but not for those not reasons, ideal, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, what I think is the real shame behind this is because that, that I think they were planning a tribute to the late Justin Edinburgh, mm. um, the, the manager of of Leighton Orient, who's, who's sadly passed, and um, of course a, a former Spurs player of, yeah. of, of some experience. Mm. So um, obviously, it's a it's a shame that they that they, they might not be able to do that. Mm. So we we'll have to see what happens there, um, gentlemen. Let's go to uh, Spain. Some some wonderful happenings over in Madrid. Diego Simeone is sort of, is he summoning the demons at Atletico? Um, well, I kind of wondered how he could get darker. <laughs> and you, you think there's the football. Yeah. There's the fact that he, he dresses in black for every single game. I like that. He, Diego looks, good. he looks good. What what would be the, Diego Costa, obviously, what would be the next step on? Would it be like getting Marilyn Manson as your assistant? <laughs> some sort of like Satanist performance art on yeah. the touchline. That might fill in for when Simeone's suspended and he's up in the stand or signing Luis Suarez Andy <laughs> that'll do it yeah that'll do it I'd say so um, yeah it's it's an intriguing one Luis Suarez we thought was going to go to Juventus team up with Cristiano Ronaldo he even took the Italian citizenship test which he passed there are allegations, though, around, and they, we stress allegations. In La Repubblica today. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> that he cheated. I love it. He I cheated love it the so language much. test. The man is relentless. What, did he bite one of the questions uh, off the exam sheet or something? Like, <laughs> it is, uh, they are allegations, we stress. Yeah. Bartomeu um, has, has, has now 
said that he wants a fee, doesn't he? And he's changed his mind mm. over basically paying Suarez himself an exit fee because it was looking like he was going to go to Atletico on a free and if he wants a fee we'll give you a quid yeah I'd love I'd love <laughs> we'll him we'll give you Ed- a pound for I'd, Suarez that I'd, deal's still on I'd love him and Ed Woodward to sit around the table and negotiate something you would love it more than you would love Diego Costa and Luis Suarez together because that's what we're all thinking yeah that's about. what we all want yeah no that is what I want yeah. leading I, a doom I, <laughs> I, the, the thing is a lot of people say well Suarez can't run anymore and it, well he can't to the same extent yeah. you know he's, he's, he's had his knee problems but we know he can finish mm-hmm. um, we know he's got the desire and I think the thing is the pace with which Atletico play football mm-hmm. it's all very slow and considered mm-hmm. I think it's very very suitable for them I mean he's very suitable for them in obviously certain ways but yeah. I, I think in other stylistic ways he could be pretty important for them as well of course the fact is they're still chatting to Edinson Cavani mm. yeah. at the same time because Morata is is going now. He arrived in uh-huh. in, in Turin at, at midnight to to mm-hmm. seal his return to to Juventus. That's a nice little one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now I know that Ed, Edinson Cavani is thirty three years old, mm. but a player of that quality being available on a free mm. in this market, I'm, I'm surprised that isn't he's not being linked yeah, with am, everyone I like left, right, and centre. The, well, the, 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 prob- but the real, problem, but he's is, linked with Real Madrid. Yeah, the problem is, is if you go into a negotiation, come to a sort of ballpark agreement, and then your brother stroke agent afterwards says, yeah, you're going to have to whack a couple of extra million on that. Otherwise, he's just going to be doing his, oh, his, 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 his he's, horse he's, riding around Uruguay for the next couple of months. He's, what's his brother's name, do you know? Paolo, I think. Okay, well, his brother, brother Cavani, so he's a bit of a sausage. Brother Cavani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's, he's effectively making him a very expensive free transfer. Yeah, it's yeah. That's, that's frustrating. But Real Madrid were in, in... So you've got Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid interested in Edison Cavani. So apparently Simeone's had a chat to him about it. Who would you fancy him going to out of those two? He's got to be Atletico. Why is he not already at Atletico? Well, he's, he's a very... Perfect again, player for, for Simeone. Yeah, I mean, the the running, the running and the more running. And the fact that he's had six months break... Yeah. And, you know, he's basically his pre-season training has been manual work, if you look at his Instagram. <laughs> it's like like 1930s pre-season yeah, training. But even even though he's 33 years old, he still has a good few years left. Yeah. Again, we talk about Ibrahimovic being a specimen. Cavani is in that. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult bracket. choice if you're Barcelona. Especially, well, firstly, it's a difficult choice because you're stupid and you always make the wrong decisions. <laughs> but I think that you talk about Bartomeu pulling back there. I mean, there's a strong feeling when Suarez is on the brink of signing for Atletico that you think, hang on, are we giving them the league there? Because yeah. it's, it's a bit like when David Villa went to Atletico in 2013 and had a big influence, but times the power of 10. Yeah. You know, because Suarez has got such anger mm-hmm. that drives him. You think he's mm. going to let Atletico not win the league <laughs> no, <and> also, <laughs> after that. But the thing is, if they don't do that, then they're going to get Cavani. I think Atletico are in quite a good position. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't yeah. you like to see them both teaming up? I would love to see them both. I don't think there's any suggestion yet that they've got enough money in the pot to do that yeah. because you're looking at Suarez, even after his payoff, getting paid €9 million Euros a year mm-hmm. now. Cavani wants 10 Yeah. So that that would be quite expensive. I don't His think they're in a wants position. Twelve, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and some chupa chups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't. I don't think you know they're, they're really in a position to place Diego Costa anywhere at, at, at the moment. Mm. I mean, 
Yeah, I, get get them all on board. Jim, I agree. Um, and speaking of uh, of, of Uruguayans, Simeone's reportedly called Lucas Torreira about joining Arsenal yeah. on, a, on a loan deal. That's Jim. an interesting what one. What do you think of that? Uh, it's an interesting one because Arsenal have been repeatedly linked with Thomas Partey, but he has, a, I think it's, a, it's various reports put it at between sort of 45 million and 50 million euros as a release clause for Partey. So mm-hmm. Arsenal are struggling to raise the funds for that because they've got to sell players to raise it. One of those players they're looking at doing that with is Torreira. Mm. So you would think something could be figured out there. But um, it, obviously, you know, Arsenal um, are looking at Hussamauer as well. So um, it's funny, isn't it? Because the transfer window has, has become so convoluted, as everything has with football. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's we're, we're seeing a lot of talk of quite complicated loan deals now. We're seeing talk of swap deals that seem like they may actually become a bit more common because mm-hmm. you see them reported yes. in sort of like transfer rooms all the time. They rarely actually happen. But, but everyone also, has to give a bit at the moment. Exactly. But, but the, people cancelling contracts, like people paying up a player's mm-hmm. contract and then not having a transfer fee so they can leave. So I don't understand what's in that for clubs. But so there's all kinds of yeah. convoluted weird stuff happening. So on the surface, this looks like it makes a lot of sense. But we know that things are a lot more complicated than that. And a lot of it's down to... Um, the players that both Arsenal and Atletico will want to bring in or move on, the clubs they're going to move on to, like uh, Alvaro Morata might uh, mm-hmm. might be a big Alvaro Morata's move, you know, possibly to Juventus might have a knock on effect on Arsenal moving Torreira to Atletico and Partey well, going mean, that way. Like it'll it's mean all Jeco very... isn't going to Juventus. Yes, I, I, I think which is which is quite a, mm. a big thing. It, I, like... I've, I've got to ask you, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that this is the point? where Serie A comes back and snatches its rightful crown. Because if we're talking about having to be a bit more creative in the transfer mm-hmm. market, Italian clubs are the masters of that, right? That's very true. That's very true. But I'm afraid it will uh, not have its crown while the Premier League is scoring that many goals and Mitrovic yeah, is exactly. at the double as well. <laughs> um, I was going to say, just before we move on, like the transfer market at the moment, it really feels to me like the opening credits of Game of Thrones. Do you know what I mean? There's so many mm. moving parts. It's so, it's actually like a little mini soap opera in itself. I'm, quite, I'm actually quite enjoying trying to figure out how all of this works. Can you describe the start of Game of Thrones? So it's, it's, a, it's a huge map mm-hmm. uh, where loads of little kind of uh, yeah. mechanical spinning wheels all okay. come together to create this quite spectacular visual feast. Oh, I think I might have seen that. Mm. Yeah. All I can think of is Neighbours, where everyone comes out and waves on their drive and Bouncer has a little <laughs> run. Who gets pushed in the swimming pool? Is it um, it's not Henry really. Ramsey? No, I'm talking about in, fo- in the footballing sense. <laughs> I don't give a damn who, you know. <laughs> it's somehow Kevin Keegan. <laughs> Ah, there you go. It's like, come on, I've not watched it for 25 years. <laughs> you silly sausage. Um, or Steve Bruce, either or. Maybe. Um, would make a very pleasing splash. Um, mm. Now, you mentioned... Like a big Lilo. <laughs> Free Brucey. So much make a Steve Bruce Lilo, I'll buy one of those. Um, and, yeah, it would do an all right job. Um <laughs> <laughs> Although all you would think all the time, is this going to sink? Yeah. Oh, it's just about yeah. keeping me up. It sounds better than I thought it would. Yeah. But it's not great. Slowly, slowly deflating. But then after a year, you might then eventually just sink. But there we are. Um, uh, but you mentioned about you know these sort of contracts and transfers and blah blah blah, and it can be quite um, uh, difficult to keep, to keep up with it and understanding. But I think, and you'll agree with me here, Jim, the best place to understand it and make sense of it all is Twitter. Indeed. It is Twitter. Best Absolutely. for clarity. Best for clarity. Absolutely yeah. right. And, and well, it's, it's where the guys who really know what's going on mm-hmm. 
come together yes. to let the rest of us laymen know. Which, which you know, some people will have seen that uh, apparently there's going to be a swap deal with Arsenal and Chelsea. Gwendouzi for, for N'Golo Kante. It's Gwendouzi for N'Golo Kante, yep. Tammy Abraham, <laughs> um, Callum Hudson-Odoi or Mateo Kovacic. Right. Um, and seems like a good deal. It seems like a very complicated <laughs> yeah. deal, doesn't it? But um, On one side you have FC Porto and on the other side you have Bartomeu and, yeah. uh, and Edward Woodward. But so so when, I'm fascinated by this because this was trending all day on Twitter, a lot of people going absolutely mad at the idea that Chelsea might swap Kante for, for Guendouzi and, and various iterations of this thing. And so I looked around and the only place I could find any any talk of this at all was Twitter. And like, <laughs> so that, that all of these accounts are reporting like various reports and breaking news things. And basically what people do is they'll put like hashtag AF- AFC or hashtag Chelsea and then I have like a line break and then say... Arsenal and Chelsea uh, are meeting to discuss a, a deal, a, a swap deal for Guendouzi and Kante, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll link to another Twitter account that, that's just saying the same thing. And it all goes in this circle to the point where there are a couple of them that were just linking to themselves. Mm. It's like you're not even trying, are you? <laughs> Your, your, your source is this very tweet. Well, they've fooled you because you're sitting in an arson top with Kante on the back. <laughs> Crying out loud. Well, if it does happen, Jim, there'll be egg all over your face. Um, although probably not because you'll be I delighted. Don't like eggs. So. Yeah. Well, exactly. It'd be awful. So it might be yours. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to finish uh, with some rather troubling news that uh, animals seem to be slowly but surely taking over football. We saw Next not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Carlton uh, 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 Athletic versus uh, Ilkley Town um, saw uh, an alpaca invade the pitch, uh, which was rather rather concerning. But we thought that was a one-off. Mm. It was fun, though, wasn't it? It was very so fun. Alpacas well, always look like they're having a really good time. Yeah, but it wasn't it, fun for the right-back. He looked quite scared. He did well, look quite scared. You know. But when you say, oh, it's a bit of a laugh, it's fun. What if it happens again? And again and again and again, Jim. Because we see in the women's first division in, in Brazil a parrot landing on the head of a sport club international defender, Bruno Benitez. Um, or Benitez. Should I say Portuguese? Um, but uh, you know, this is I'm it for it. Well, do you remember when the wild boars years and years and years and years wild ago? Boars. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they sort of. Are we going to see them again? <laughs> I hope we are. I hope that grasshopper that um, that sat on James Rodriguez in the World Cup comes comes to Liverpool mm-hmm. and just sits on him for this. That's I think it. I'm all for it because the the. Um, the game in Brazil where the, the parrot landed on um, Bruno Benitez's head, he really does just sit there and and to her immense credit, she just sort of goes, I just got, I've got, I'm going to have to wait this out. Aren't I? Yeah. I'm just going to stand here until this, this parrot's done, mm-hmm. done its thing. Well, yeah. if, if a parrot's anywhere around a football stadium, it should be on Diego Simeone's shoulder. Yeah. It shouldn't be anywhere mm. else. Uh-huh. I think, well, they might need to get themselves an eagle like Benfica, Andy, to, to make sure no other birds are interrupting the play. Potentially. Well, that's what yeah, that's what you sometimes you have to do, don't you? Yeah. In Edinburgh, there was they had a terrible problem with uh, with seagulls in a particular part of the town, and so they had to send up a a, a big fighting bird to get rid big of them. Fighting bird. <laughs> <laughs> strange, strange time. Was that back when you were selling door to door bacon? No, this was years after. Years right. after. I, mean, I hear the bacon trade is uh, is. Uh, Still alive and well, good as it should be. Um, so there we are. Right, ladies and gentlemen, on tomorrow's show, Kate, Andy, and G- you, Jim, you boys yeah. are back again. Yeah, we are. My goodness, eh? It's a bit like that bit where um, the guitarist left the Verve mm. where after after I think it was after a Northern Soul where they said we're breaking the band up, yeah. and then they all got in the rehearsal room the next day without him. Very naughty. Oh. Very naughty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the football round. It's been an absolute pleasure, as I say. Kate, Andy, and Jim back tomorrow. Say goodbye, Andy. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jimmy. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. 
This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 